and we can sense when people are being authentic. We can sense when people are being fake. And we are at this point in time in humanity where there, there's so much manipulation taking place that people are craving authenticity. They're craving to like see you. They're craving to feel something that feels genuine. Welcome to the New Wave Podcast, where we dive headfirst into Web3, personal sovereignty, spirituality, and psychology. These conversations are unfiltered access to brilliant minds and actionable advice that will prepare you for the rapidly changing world. So jump in. The water is warm and the tide is rising. Hey there. Did you know that this isn't a podcast you're listening to? Okay, let me be more clear. This isn't just a podcast you're listening to. See, by listening to this show, you're actually part of the New Wave community. And because of that, I really want to meet you, IRL, in real life. Wouldn't it be nice to spend some time in a beautiful location, maybe a mansion by the sea with a chef-catered dinner, knowledgeable friends who really want to help you, a cello playing in the background, and, you know, an overall great ambiance. Doesn't that sound gorgeous? Well, we just created that at a recent New Wave dinner in LA, and I want you to be part of the next one. See, these dinner experiences are for entrepreneurs, career climbers, and creatives who want to build friendships with each other in real time, in real life, not just spending time chatting on the internet. We want to actually feel each other's presence, and we spend time together uh, bringing our business problems, bringing our half-baked ideas, bringing our creative questions. Then over a, a wonderfully catered meal, we work together as a group to help, help each other untie these knots and dial in our focus. And afterwards, we go and relax. We take a dip in a pool. I always got a place with a pool or a jacuzzi. Have some drinks. We do a little bit of partying. And you will leave this experience with connections and brand new ideas and budding relationships. And you might even find your next co-founder or your next investor sitting right next to you. But more importantly, you are going to leave with a jumping off point, some momentum to go into this next phase of your life, this next chapter, uh, some new ideas that you didn't have before, something that's been enhanced that you know you have confidence in. Now you're gonna build that inner momentum and that's what's so important and of course when you're there i'm also going to bless you with some new wave merch if you've been looking at my photos i'm constantly making new merch and new gear just to show the community that you know we got something special going here so make sure you check out the next new wave dinner experience now we're doing these all over the country and potentially all over the world we did our first one in la we're going to be doing them in austin new york miami and a few other cities plus most likely we're going to hit the uk or europe so make sure you go to newwaveentrepreneur.com to check out all the dates. We'll have them all listed there. And of course, you can uh, you can sign up. There's going to be about 10 to 12 people per location. So this isn't a massive um, conference. This is a 10 to 12 person event. And that means that it's purposely designed for you to meet people, to engage with them, and to have a whole hell of a lot of fun. So make sure you check out newwaveentrepreneur.com to get all the dates and locations for the next one. I, I believe depending on when you're listening to this, the next one is in Austin this summer and they'll be all over the country. So sign up and now let's get to the episode. Ah, my friends, welcome back to another episode of the New Wave Podcast. Daniel DiPiazza checking in with you here. So happy to have you. And today we have on the show uh, my friend, author Ruby Freeman, who is an incredible speaker. And I mean, we just drop some fucking gems on this show. We have a great conversation 
And she is she specializes in helping leaders to get in alignment with their message so that they're in integrity. And that's one of the things she talks about when she met when she mentions potency. And her book is called Potent Leadership. So I, I actually read the book. Can you believe I read the book that someone wrote? I read the whole book and then I talked to them about it. Wow, I must be a real interviewer at this point. Well, I have interviewed tons of people and I did have a TV show at one point, but I'm just getting back into my routine and remembering what it's like to truly do some of these dope interviews. I hope you're enjoying them. Now that we're over episode 100 now, this is episode 110. Can you believe it? Anyway, so you're going to enjoy this episode with Ruby. And while you're here, make sure you check out newwaveentrepreneur.com to get updates on everything that we're doing for the show, including dun, 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 uh, joining our email list, which will give you access to our community discord. Get on the New Wave Discord. We're having so much fun in there. We're meeting in real time and building relationships. And of course, if you want to uh, tap in with us even further, check out newwaveentrepreneur.com so you can see uh, when we're hosting the next new wave dinner experience, which is going to be also in our show notes. You can read about that. It's going to be in Austin and uh, look at the power packs, which, which I just put out uh, recently, which is an audio series to help you with your life and business. It's free. I just gave a hundred dollar coupon code for that. You can type in power 2022 at checkout to get the hundred dollar discount code and get the starter pack for free. You can go to newwaveentrepreneur.com or powerpacks.life to grab that. Okay. Now let's jump into this episode with Ruby. Hey, Ruby Fremont, how are you doing? I'm doing awesome. I'm actually really excited to be here because I feel like this is a long time coming. It's a long time coming. Yes, I'm really happy to have you. We have have definitely uh, had some good uh, experiences uh, doing events together and you are a badass. You're a badass. And it was confirmed when I read your book. There were a couple, I mean, I literally have written down on my notes, badass. <laughs> um, and I have... A bunch of things I want to talk to you about. So yeah. for people who are just tuning in and listening, uh, Ruby is the uh, is author of Potent Leadership. Let me read the exact subtitle. I want to be specific with this. Hold on. Potent Leadership, Drop the Mask, Ignite the Real You, and Reclaim the Leader Within. And okay, let me be honest. Most of the time, I don't read friends' books. Mm-hmm. I don't. Mm-hmm. It's too much. I'm already reading other books. And then I got to read your books too. I already like you as a person. Why do I got to read your book? But but I'm trying to be more professional now, okay? So we're doing a podcast. I'm like, you know what? Let me read Ruby's fucking book. It's probably, it's probably good. And I started reading it. And um, man, you, you are saying so many of the things that I want to say or have said or in a way that resonates with me. And it's really all about the breakdown of the social fabric based on people posturing and people being what they're not and that weakening the integrity of, you know, the society, which makes it really hard to be a leader. So I don't know, like, where should we start? Should we start with the the actual potency stuff and the leadership stuff? Or should we start with your story? Um, let's start wherever you feel most called to dive in. Oh, you, just, you just gave it right back to me. <sighs> okay. Let's talk about it. Let's, talk, let, let's go from here. Okay. You describe in several different points in the book, your upbringing in like a traditional Indian household Mm -hmm. and your battle with wanting to fit in versus wanting to maintain your own integrity and sense of self and trying to find that. Can you just talk a little bit about that period of your life and how it led to where you are now? Because I think it's, that's a very important part of this. 
Yeah. And I think a lot of people will resonate with this in their own way. So my entire upbringing, I felt like I had no voice. I was definitely uh, the type of child who would challenge my parents. You know, if they said I wasn't allowed to do something, I would always ask why I needed to understand. Um, I always challenged them and that wasn't accepted. And so I would be punished. I would be told to be quiet or go to my room or just shut down. And I slowly began to develop coping mechanisms and protective mechanisms to keep myself feeling loved, you know, because at the end of the day, we as human beings and especially children, we just want to be loved. So I learned that if I spoke back to my parents, I wouldn't be loved and accepted. But if I just said yes, okay, and went along with it, then I would be. Now, of course, all of that was leading me away from my truth and what I truly sought out in life. And that led me down a path of anxiety and depression. Because when you're not able to really fully vocalize your truth, when you're holding yourself back, when you're constantly biting your tongue um, because you feel scared of judgment, of being unloved, of being abandoned, that has a true effect on you. And so I started developing anxiety at the age of um, 11. And uh, I started engaging in self-harm at that age as well. And then as I grew up, I became addicted to prescriptions that were given to me by the time I was in my early 20s. I was diagnosed with a slew of things, you know, clinical depression, anxiety disorder, fibromyalgia, rheumatoid arthritis, PTSD, and they oh gave me a prescription for every single one. And I was about oh 21 gosh. or 22 years old. I became addicted to benzos because that helped me numb out. And in reality, the the pain that I was numbing was the pain of feel, not feeling free to be myself, which I truly believe a lot of people feel this. Like it's the pain of not feeling free to be yourself, oh, yeah. of expressing oh, yeah. yourself. And that numbing out continued into my 30s, but it shifted from prescription meds to recreational drugs and alcohol. And so I was a full on drug addict and that was just my way of coping. And so for years, I continued to suppress my voice and my truth until I really hit rock bottom in 2012. And at that point in time, I just ended at a very abusive relationship. I was fully in my addiction and the depths of it. And I remember just looking in the mirror and I did not recognize the woman I was looking at. And I, I couldn't believe that here I am, you know, in my early 30s and I don't, I, I don't even know who I'm looking at in the mirror. What do I want? What, what's really important to me? What do I value? These were questions I could not answer. All I knew is what I didn't want. And so that year was the year that really landed me on this path of personal development, of, of rediscovering who I am. And for most of it, discovering and uncovering who I am. And it's been a lifelong journey since then of excavation, of facing my shadows, of deep trauma healing, of ancestral trauma healing, because this is definitely something that is in my lineage. And uh, it's the the foundation of the work that I do with leaders, right? It's it's the inner work. It's establishing that inner foundation so that you can really lead from a place of full-blown expression and your unique potency. 
Um, and I'll tell you, like, it's, it's, I'm a work in progress, you know, and then I feel I truly believe there's no end to this journey. I'm in it for the long run. I'm both a student and a teacher. And I all I know is that I'm fully devoted to myself, my healing, and my servitude. I don't so much to unpack. Okay, here, well, the, here's the first thing I want to ask. What do you think it is about certain cultures? And it's, it's, there's many different cultures that are like this mm-hmm. that are so, um, that create such a strong imprint on children or families that it creates this type of like anxiety or mental health disorders. I mean, this happens in, it's not just Indian culture, but that's one of them where I hear this like really oppressive stuff. Or you can even look at like really Catholic households. Like it just gets bad. What do you think it is about these households and these cultures that creates this these mental health issues? It's, it's horrible. Yeah, it's the expectations, right? It's the expectations of who we need to be in order to be seen as good or right or to fit in or to belong in whether it's the religion or the cultural society, right? And for me and a lot of ethnic cultures, women are oh yeah, are trained any brown to, ethnic culture. Right. Pff, yeah. <laughs> no. Forget yeah, and it. we're we're trained to be a little more yeah. submissive, to oh, keep yeah. our mouth shut, to to be dutiful to our husbands and our husbands' families, and it's yeah, it's definitely oppression. And when you're in that state of like, oh, okay, so I have to do as I'm told, you're battling. It's an internal battle of like, I if I do this and I obey and I comply, then I will be loved. But if I do not obey and do not comply, then I won't be loved. So it rubs up against our very human need for love and belonging. And this is what creates that disruption in our emotional, mental, spiritual state. Well, you have this intense need for belonging and acceptance. And then along comes this technology like social media, which makes, uh, you know, that immediate feeling of belonging or that dopamine hit uh, so, so potent, you know, no pun intended, and so readily available um, that it's also created a distortion in our self-perception. Mm-hmm. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Social media. Okay. So me and social Ooh. media go back way back. I mean, when I when social media was first coming out, for example, Facebook. I mean, I was on MySpace. <laughs> I was on Tumblr. I was on all the things. Uh, I was on ICQ. Uh, <laughs> but oh, ICQ. ICQ. I remember that. Wow. Wow. Your your name is R one eight four two underscore nine. I don't what, even. Know. What about your was, aim? What about your? Right. What about your? your I didn't your do aim. aim. Uh, I didn't. You do didn't aim. do aim. No, I didn't do aim. Oh, you you were too cool for aim. <laughs> I was too cool, but. Facebook, I was an early adopter and I was using it for work at the time, um, working marketing and promotions for the nightclubs. And Mm -hmm. I was- Oh yeah, that's huge. Head of marketing. And so I was leading that social media team to like, let's see how we can really take over this nightlife Mm -hmm. scene with this. And I remember I was also working with a tech startup and when Twitter was coming out, I was literally at my desk counting down with our entire team so that we could get on Twitter as soon as it was launched and get the handles we wanted. That's how I got I Am Ruby. So I have been working in the social media sphere for a very long time. And I even had a social media marketing business where I ran the social media marketing and strategy for multiple companies. So I'm very familiar with the social landscape. I understand the gifts that it has because honestly, if you track back the inception of social media, 
you will, I, I swear someone needs to do a study on this. You'll probably see an influx in our ability to have more compassion for things that are going on in other parts of the world, right? So when social media came out, all of a sudden we were able to connect with other parts of the world and see what's going on, not just rely on the news, not just rely on CNN or BBC. Like we can First actually person. hear. Exactly. And so that created this global village effect, which is beautiful. It's such a potent gift to have this. And we can, you know, companies can now connect with their users and clients in a really intimate way. It's great. It's it's so great. And then it shit just got twisted. So I'm going to talk about advertising in a bit, but let's talk about how social media has an effect on your psyche. So again, yes. our basic human needs for love and belonging come into play here. If you look at Facebook, there's the like button, right? So literally people get to like what you have to say, which in our unconscious minds translates as, oh, they like me. Uh, yes. You yes. know, it's, it's, it, there's a very <laughs> specific reason they use these words. And then they when added, you put it like that. <laughs> and then they added the love button and that just took things yeah. oh, to a whole oh, other level. Oh, yeah. shit. They, don't, they only oh, liked shit. me? Yeah, they, they, yeah. I only got a thumbs up. I didn't get a That's heart. That's true. Right? On the iMessage, if someone likes it, it's almost rude now. Yes. Whereas a, it was a heart is nice. <laughs> yes, right? It's crazy. But this is what our psyche and then we get so yeah, wrapped so up true. and then the introduction of filters which Oh yeah. Before filters we were able to edit our captions, you know, like it's not when you're saying it's not like when you're talking to someone in person and what you say like it's out there, you can't retract it. Right. You can like type, delete, type, delete, edit, manipulate and then post. But yes. then they introduced the filters, which added this whole other level to the manipulation that we can do. And yes, it's manipulation. We're both yes. manipulating our words, our features, our appearances. And now we've got a society that is super addicted to filtering themselves, super addicted oh to, oh to fitting themselves into a construct oh that they constructed to fitting oh themselves gosh. into an identity, to trying to get the perfect IG bio, <sighs> right? To encapsulate who they are, which FYI is fucking impossible. Okay. Try encapsulating who it's you are impossible. in one sentence. No, not going to happen. So now we've got this society that is, uh, they have placed their value and their worth in the hands of this digital audience. And there's also the, um, quote unquote, safety of the glass screen, right? It's really easy to hide behind a screen, which has created uh, more unconscious conversations taking place. I mean, we're seeing a ton of it now, a lot of reactivity because there's a screen. So it doesn't feel like you're actually talking to a human being. So Digital road rage. Exactly. So now we're seeing the dehumanization taking place in the social media world, in the digital world. And I, I'm saying this with love and also just with sheer annoyance. Like, I don't care how woke you think you are and how awake and how aware you think you are, but I, I, I feel like the people who claim to be the most awake are the ones who are the most reactive online right now. Like, they're so judgmental <laughs> towards people who feel different and they forget. They forget that that is a human being on the other side of that screen. 
And that is so important for us to keep in mind. Don't judge the judgers because now you're a judger. You have to judge nothing. <laughs> Be judgeless. Judgeless. <laughs> Dissolve your ego. <laughs> was, yeah, was all, no, that's impossible. Um, and, and actually, we can talk about that. We don't want to do that. We, yeah. Well, no. Yeah, because you were, you know, one of the things you were saying in the book was like, yeah. ego is necessary, but there's yes. a point where it becomes a problem. What yes. is that point? Yeah. So ego, this is what the spiritual community, you know what really grinds my gears? The spiritual oh. community, <laughs> how they always talk about dissolve your ego, dissolve your ego. It's like, no, oh. we need our fucking ego. If without my yeah. ego, I'm just going to float off into the ethers and be all the things. But yes. the ego is your sense of self. You know, yes. this is this is I, this is who we be. So we need that. That anchors us into who we be. However, yes. when that becomes a little too inflated, when everything all of a sudden becomes about the I, about the self, and not about the ripple effect of the self, then there's an issue with the ego, right? And the the reason why we can fall into that trap, and we've all done it, is again, because we're just either de uh, reacting from our traumas or really just trying to fulfill our needs. And it things get twisted in the ways in which we're seeking love, we're seeking belonging. You know, like it, someone might turn to social media and try and, and show up and just want to sell all their shit all the time and forget about the service aspect and they're in the service-based oh, yeah. business. Oh, yeah. I've gone through periods like that. Oh, yeah. Right. And that that's you got to check your ego there. Like, why yeah. are you doing this? And and that's really the simple question I always tell people is like, just ask yourself why and ask yourself, are you doing this to serve your ego? Like, are you doing this to serve yourself? Or are you doing this to serve others? Especially if you if you call yourself a service based practitioner, healer, coach, whatever. Instagram wants to stoke your ego because it creates more emotional turbulence, which creates buying activity. They mm -hmm. were talking about taking the likes off posts and they just experimented with that. They just diddled around with it. They never were serious. And you know why? I can even tell you this because even though I support that uh, and I do, I think it actually would be, they should do it when it, when they, when they did that, I was much less interested in Instagram, but it's just like, it's just psychology, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and if they do that, I'll be on there less too, because mm -hmm. I want to see how the content's doing, you know? Well, you want to see how the content's doing, but on a, an even deeper unconscious level, there is a part of you that wants to see if what you're doing is oh, good yeah. enough, aka you're uh -huh. good enough. And I found in my experience, the people whose audiences grow the fastest are the ones who lose control the quickest. Because <laughs> I, I mean, you know, and especially over the last couple of years, we've seen a lot of people and their their audiences grow at a phenomenal rate. And then what happens is they're they're not ready for that responsibility. What are some examples? Examples of well, yeah, like where where's that happened? Where people have like they've lost control of the. It's like when so over the past couple of years, a lot of people have taken sides, right? And then by taking sides, they start to really amplify their audiences. Or those meme, not meme, like yeah, the meme accounts, the funny trolling accounts, like those really grow. Oh, yeah. Or coaches or people in the personal development state space who have gotten into that meme track. But then what happens is you slowly start to forget about service. You then you start to quickly then, forget. <laughs> right. You 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 start to share for the numbers. You start to keep your audience happy, not to serve them. And that becomes an addiction and it's very exhausting. 
And you get wrapped up and obsessed with the numbers. You get obsessed with trying to figure out how to please them. And all of a sudden, you for, you've lost sight of your purpose, of why you're doing this. And now you're just a fucking meme account. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's, the, that's the, the rock bottom of it. I think that a lot of times as a content creator, one of the most dangerous things is to only play to what works. We know that's a strategy for uh, for content development, if you want to just talk business strategy for a minute, like, yeah, look at your highlights and then you can create some trailers like the trailers that have worked before, some commercials like the commercials that have worked before. You know, if, if some colors have seemed to pop before, try it again. But I think we over-optimize to what the, what we think the algorithm's going to want, what we think people will want. And sometimes it distorts our vision of what is actually needed in the market as well, because sometimes we need what the market needs is your potent medicine, not the potent medicine that everyone else is optimizing for. And so you're just optimizing into like the lemmings that jump off the cliff. And when that market dies, so will you because you weren't being unique. You were just being like everyone else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and this is why I, I love what you do, because I feel like we both have, you know, the strategic background. So we understand mm -hmm. how to make the algorithm work. We understand how to yeah. manipulate optics. Like we understand all of that. And we're also more conscious and don't choose to show up in that way. So there's this fine line that you dance in. But for me, it always comes back to, does this feel aligned with your values, with what you hold most meaningful to you? Does this feel aligned with your vision, with your purpose? Can you actually stand tall with integrity doing what you're doing and, and being who you're being and the way in which you're showing up, right? And it's so easy to fall into those strategy traps. And, you know, like right now there's with IG reels, there's uh, real audios that go viral or whatever popular. I don't do a lot of IG yeah. reels, so I don't. It's the same thing but, with TikTok, right? It's, right, I mean, it's TikTok. The same and then you start yeah. and then you create from that place. You're like, oh, shit, this, this is really popular right now. I have to create right. a reel with yeah. this audio. It's like, do you? Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a fine line. And, and true, I mean, none of the people who really inspire me are also Rands or, you know, second second fiddle or like, you know, uh, they're always the creatives who have a unique perspective that I feel like is a is something that that holds a, a, a hook or a place in my mind that no one else can, can hold. And I have just found in my life that I have also, uh, I mean, just like you're talking about in your book, have struggled with that that balance between trying to model myself after success and also trying to do what is uh, true to me. And sometimes when I err too much towards modeling success, even if it creates more uh, money or like outside success for me, I feel gross about it. And then I go back towards, you know, more like what is really fulfilling and trying to find that line. And I think a lot of uh, creatives and entrepreneurs are can, can straddle that line sometimes. Yeah, it's hard um, because again, our the the inner child in us, the the traumatized human in us, the the part of us that just so desperately wants to feel like they belong, that they're successful, that they're loved, um, that they're accepted, comes to the forefront, and then we start leading from that place unconsciously, and we we get really wrapped up in it. And let's just face it, like it feels good to when you're when you know your content's gone viral or it feels good it when feel good. So you've gotten a lot of attention on something that feels good and again that's how this has been built but we need to be responsible enough to 
to create like a, a, a non-attachment to the the outcome of the post in terms of the likes and rather yes. focus on the quality of what you're delivering and why you're delivering it. That needs to be more important than anything else. Like you're sharing this because you truly feel called to share it. It feels good to share. This is of service. This is why you're here versus like, I think if I share this, I'm going to get a ton of likes. Absolutely. That's like almost reversing the common order of things for most people doing social media. And there's a great quote by a basketball coach, John Wooden. He said, when you take care of the, when you worry about the plays, the scoreboard takes care of itself. Mm. So don't worry, you know, about what the score is, what the, how many likes you're getting so much as worry about delivering something really unique. And you mm. can obviously take cues from the market, but you have to really focus on putting your creative gift to use. I believe everyone has a creative genius, but we, we cover it up with so much of these expectations of others with culture and, you know, and self-worth stuff. And, um, and Stephen King uh, said something that really spoke to me. He said that when he writes a novel, it's, uh, it's like unearthing a fossil slowly with a brush and he reveals the plot rather than construct the plot, he reveals it. And I think that we also have things to reveal in us. And when we're achieving our highest gifts, it's not that we're getting something outside of us and God is giving us something we didn't have before. It's that we already had these gifts and we're removing the trash to mm -hmm. reveal the medicine. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that, that uh, we were talking about right before you started rolling, I was like, oh, you're saying a lot of things I would say or in the right way that I, I should say it, that I, I, think, I feel like it's resonating with me. And you were just talking about how a lot of people are fake AF online, mm -hmm. fake as fuck. And so as a public service, I just want to say, and then I'll pass it back to you because I'm just rambling. If you're modeling yourself after people who you've seen online who seem to be successful, a lot of times just cut whatever, cut, cut however successful you think they are in half or in thirds. It's not what you think it is. There's a positioning and a perception game that's going on there that's just like a funny mirror in the carnival, but this is digital. So, okay, now I'll pass it back to you. Yeah, it, there is. Optics is a real game. You optics know, is optics a real game. Optics is a real game. And that's why it, there's so many performances. That's why there's so much manipulation. That's why we lie so much, not just to others, but first and foremost, we're lying to ourselves, right? And and so that's why, you know, the work that I do with leaders, it's like people will come to me after they've worked with business coaches, gotten the strategy, gotten the marketing. They're like, oh, it's still not working or I'm still not feeling this and I don't know what to do. And they literally have no idea who they are. Like they they don't know what's important to them. They don't know what they value. They've, they have a great strategy because I can look at it from my strategy eyes, from my strategic eyes and be like, that's a great strategy you were given, right? Like for yeah. sure it's going to work. And is that really aligned <laughs> with you? Like, is that really yeah. what you're here to do? Like, the whole um, business of scaling, for example, scale your business, scale your business, scale your business, one to many. 100K but, months. Right. But but is that what you want? Is that what you want? Right? Like, is that actually what you want? Do you want to serve in larger containers? And for me personally, I, I, I remember when the scaling, I think it was like 2017 when that became super popular. 
And I was like, yeah, shit, I should scale my business. Like I should do group programs. And Ruby, I should, you like, have to scale. Everyone's yeah. scaling, Ruby. We're yeah. all scaling. Right. I got to do like scaling bigger group programs. And bigger. I was wondering why I wasn't excited <laughs> about it like everyone else. I was like, yeah, for sure. This makes sense. I'll make more money. I created a digital program. I did all the things. I, I put all this money into it. And I was like, I fucking hate this shit. And I actually I really love intimate containers, you know, and intimate environments. And and there are things that I'm really fucking good at. Like I am, I put on some epic events and I used to put on epic 100 person three day events in LA and they were great. And they also drained the shit out of me. So, and it, with that, I got wrapped up in the, the who I become because now I am this person who can throw these three day 100 person events in Los Robbins Angeles, factor. right? And and so yeah. we get wrapped up in these things and it's almost like that sw- sweeps us away from our path, but we, oh, it's our responsibility to continue coming back to what feels right for us, you know? And I got super clear that I love having my intimate coaching containers. I love my intimate mentorship containers. I love my retreats. I love having things intimate because I can go really deep and do the work that I really love to do with my clients. That doesn't mean that maybe down the road, I'm going to change my mind. But right now, this is what feels really good. So this is what I'm going to build. And so we have to, at some point, put blinders on so that we can just stay in our own lane and focus on our own shit. Because obviously, the internet and the digital world has increased uh, comparisonitis because now all of a sudden we can see what everyone else is doing and creating or what everyone else is saying that they're doing but aren't really doing and saying that they're being and not really being. And then we compare ourselves to them and we think we're not good enough and then it just creates this fucking trap. So put your blinders on, focus on your own shit, get clear on what you want. Yeah. I mean, you know, I also have experimented with all the different types of programs and Maybe it's like different different modes for different seasons, you know, and I'm a different person than I was certainly five years ago or, or whenever I was doing those programs or, or two years ago. And, and I also feel like I am really favoring uh, just doing more in-person, intimate stuff, close, closer groups and having experiences together, I think is when I, when I think about. So I also have been rethinking my where I fit in all this. And, you know, I was thinking like, what is, what is wealth to me? What is really, what is being rich to me? Because uh, that's, that's a word that's been associated a lot with me because of my, my book and everything. Mm-hmm. And what is rich to me? And for me, what I found is that um, everyone talks about, for instance, like diversifying your portfolio. You got to have crypto. You got to have money. You got to have assets. You got this, 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 this. What about diversification of life experiences, diversification mm-hmm. of foods that you eat, places that you traveled, people that you've had amazing conversations with, you know, um, uh, you know, intimate experiences that, you know, that can't be replicated. That's diversification of experiences. I think that's real wealth. Now, I'm not saying you don't, you know, you don't want to make money. That's fine. But I'm just saying as I get older, I'm more optimizing towards that. And it doesn't mean that I'm moving away towards doing things that are going big or can, can have potential to grow. But I'm just, I'm optimizing less for what I think will make the most money because I've tried that. And the resistance that I felt to it was that I, I didn't, I wasn't I wasn't fully in it, so I couldn't un, I couldn't unlock mm-hmm. my 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 power. Like even most recently, you know, we had a, an e-commerce company. I mean, it still exists. Uh, you know, and uh, we made man, you know, over a million dollars in 
18 months. And then I, I just realized that like for me to, to take this to where it needs to go, this would need to be, I need to be someone that I'm not. And, but then I felt kind of a little bit sad because I'm like, there's this doorway of taking this path that others would be proud of me for because I could raise money for this and I could, you know, I could have apps and do all this crap and I could be in black enterprise because mm-hmm. fuck you. And mm-hmm. I could do, you know, whatever. But I just, the end result of looking at what the, all of that would be, it wasn't exciting to me. But then I was a little sad because I'm like, oh, that means that I'm not the person that I thought that they want, they wanted me to be, mm-hmm. you know? And so I had to deal with that, which, which wasn't a problem, but I, I didn't even know that I was feeling that. So I had to like internalize that and think about that. And then, but now I feel much happier. I feel like, oh, it's so easy to just follow the inner voice if you can hear it. But sometimes the other noise is so loud that you can't hear it. Yeah, it's so true. And like, thank you for sharing that. Cause I think it's important for people to, to people who know you and have followed your work for a while to really know that too. There are always things that we are really just naturally good at. There are always things, opportunities that come our way that can create massive success. But then there's always things that boil down to, does this feel fulfilling? Does this feel purposeful? Is this really where I want to invest my time and energy? And time is all we have. Exactly. That that is that is the richness that we're missing and that is wealth right there. Yeah. Exactly. And and people need to understand that because we get obsessed with all the wrong things and we forget about the things that are most important to us. It's like how how often are you, you know, out for dinner and you see groups of people, but they're on their phone and not even talking to themselves. They've completely lost sight of what's really important to them in that moment. What's most important is showing a picture of their dinner to impress their audience versus like having an intimate conversation with the human being right next to them. 2014 Instagram dinner pictures. We never do that anymore. (laughs) No one wants to see your fucking creme brulee. Okay. (laughs) No, you know, but when we thought people cared about these things and now we yeah. know, yeah, don't show your dinner. Hey, this is Daniel. Thank you so much for listening to the New Wave Podcast. We're going to get you right back to the show. But I wanted to tell you about this new mixtape that I just dropped. That's right. I dropped a mixtape and it's called Power Packs. So I know you are listening to this podcast and many others because you want to improve your life. You want to build your business and you want to live well. And me too. And you know what I've discovered over the years is that even though I've learned from many mentors and teachers, the best mentor in my life has been, drumroll, myself. That's right. And, and I know it's the same for you. It just has to be because the truth is you can mentor yourself and you already have the answers to your own problems. What you need are the right questions to ask to spark your problem-solving machine. You have a creative genius for solving problems, but you have to ask yourself the right questions, and Power Packs will help you to do that. This is a five-volume audio series designed to dramatically improve the quality of your life and business in just a single listen, but not because it contains any answers, because it asks you the actual questions you need to know to get your brain pumping. And in these five volumes, we cover, the first volume is all about success and, and business and money. The second one is generating mental and physical health. The third one is all about strengthening your most valuable relationships. The fourth one is about unlocking your hidden creative genius. And the fifth one is all about thinking and being strategic. And these volumes are all available for free. Now we've just released the first one. So if you wanna learn about success with business and money, and you want to actually ask yourself the right questions to get you closer 
to successful outcomes there, then just go and download it. You can go to Spotify and get it, or you can go to newwaveentrepreneur.com, where you've already probably spending a good amount of time, and you can download it for free uh, right there. And you'll also get an outline of all the questions that I ask in that pack and my notes to help you move even faster through your business and your life goals. Now, we're also going to do a limited edition merch run and some other bonuses to celebrate the launch of the series. So make sure you check it out at newwaveentrepreneur.com. And of course, you can stream it for free and download everything for free. Much love. Thank you so much for taking the time out to listen to the show. Download Power Packs now. Let's get back to the episode. Now, you, you talked about how social media has made people actually antisocial, which mm-hmm. I think is a funny paradox. Um, and... This is okay. So this, I want to ask you this because I've been talking about this, and I got some. It wasn't negative feedback. It was just a just different mm-hmm. feedback, just feedback about my position on this. My position is that the 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 evolution of technology and the evolution of humanity don't necessarily and probably should not be going in lockstep because as as technology is evolving, it doesn't seem like uh like like tech like humanity is uh is evolving as quickly in terms of like our IQ is growing, but our EQ mm-hmm. isn't, and it seems like social media is a tool that has really helped us, but has it do, do the, do the rewards outweigh the obvious drawbacks and and can that scale be reversed back in a positive direction or is it all going to just keep going, feeling more heavy, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. We're at this interesting point in humanity and with digital technology. Elon Musk just bought Twitter. Sorry to interrupt. (laughs) Yeah, so we're at this interesting point with humanity where many people are claiming to be over it and yet they're still grasping their phones tightly. You know what I mean? And me too. And yeah, me too. And I, I know you you and I have both like gone off, gone back on, gone off, gone back on. Fuck this, but I hate and this. I've always said, like, until there is actually a really good solid alternative for me to be able to connect with my community because I care about my community, then I'm gonna continue using this, but I'm gonna use it in a way where it's not using me, you know, as much as I can, because obviously they have my stats, they can track what I'm doing. But what I mean by that is I will not go into my phone and mindlessly scroll. I will not go into my phone and just follow a bunch of people. Uh, If anything, I've unfollowed a bunch of people and I like to keep my feed super clear. Energy is everything. Energy is sacred. Time is sacred. So for me, it's about becoming hyper intentional with the ways in which you use digital technology and how you show up. Because as of right now, uh, I posted about this a while back and it was it was something like, it was probably way more clever than how I'm going to say it, but the only way to actually be out of the matrix is be off grid. It was like, be out of the matrix, be off grid, something like that. But most people are like, oh, I don't want to be part of the matrix, so I'm not going to be on Facebook. It's like, well, dude, you're on Instagram, you know, yeah, or no, like I mean, you're still on, you're yeah. on Telegram. You think Telegram's better? Dude, like all of these companies are no. owned by someone else and by a corporation that then owns your information it's yeah it's insanity even being exposed to to the wi-fi the emf the radio Mm -hmm. frequencies is part of the issue and we know this because there are people who are emf sensitive who can't even be around Mm -hmm. these things they get physically sick now the average person might not be experiencing that and i'm wearing bluetooth headphones Mm -hmm. right now so fuck me Right. right But it's like, but but this is a, this is an issue, yeah. you know. And, and these frequencies are having an effect on our mood. Mm-hmm. I feel, I feel. Go look yeah. it up on our yeah. mood. 
and on our physical health. And it has to be the, the health of the, of the physical body, right? Because the cells have a response mm-hmm. to this is a, a light radiation. Right, exactly. And and we can't avoid it, again, unless we live off-grid. There are EMF-free communities that exist, right. like dark communities that exist, things like that. Well, I can't exactly. live there. Sorry. I live on social... I, my, my career is here, man. I also believe that the human... Uh, that biology is pretty incredible and we adapt and we, you know, there's evolution. However, we just have to be responsible. We, we can only control what we can control. And that, that's essentially what I'm saying is like, take control of what's within your control, right? And be responsible with, with the way in which you use social media, treat your audience, like your community, super important. I think a lot of people just abuse their online space, their online time, and actually remove themselves completely from their actual purpose, their actual vision, what they what they know they're here to do, their gifts, and instead become wrapped up in the optics of everything. Yes. And I will tell you a few things. One, there's no correlation between number of followers on any social media account and revenue generated. Mm-hmm. None. There are so many examples I have of this in my personal experience and from experience of lots of people I know. There are no correlations. So if you are engaging on social media in an attempt to uh, go viral or to uh, to uh, become some sort of like huge influencer, and that's the that's the strategy is to become as well known as possible. I think you'd be better off getting really focused on a smaller community. And over-serving that community because it doesn't actually take a lot of people engage with your message to to uh, to create a business. I mean, if we're just talking yes, business. okay, like oh my god, this really grinds my gears when people when they complain and they're like, oh, I only got like twenty likes on my post. It's like if though you had twenty people in front of you, <laughs> yeah, cheering you on, would that not do they not matter? That was 20 fucking We've people. lost the idea of scale. Exactly. We've lost the idea yeah, of scale. Yeah, you can literally, like, how many influencers are out there posing as, <laughs> posing as, like, personal po- yeah, posing, posing, period. Just posing as, like, your IG. Uh, social, like, as, as personal development gurus or whatever. And they may have large followings, but the impact that they are actually having, like people aren't actually buying their shit. People aren't investing in their programs because they don't give a fuck because they can tell that this person doesn't give a fuck. What matters is that you actually give a fuck about the people that you're serving, that you actually want to serve them. And that's the difference. You can tell there is a, a visceral reaction that we have when we see the influencer's content versus someone who's really devoted to serving and helping. There is a visceral reaction. Like we can tell we're human beings. We're not fucking stupid. And and we can sense <laughs> when people are being authentic. We can sense when people are being fake. And we are at this point in time in humanity where there, there's so much manipulation taking place that people are craving authenticity. They're craving to like see you. They're craving to feel something that feels genuine. And so the only way to actually get through to people is, or the right people, is to pierce them with that authentic self, with your actual unique medicine, with your potency. I I didn't want to go here because it's just, it's like, (laughs) oh, but what you're describing, but no, but no, but what you're describing is like, 
the dark side of that is why Donald Trump was successful because right. people felt like he was being honest with potent mm-hmm. medicine. But he was still being a lying fucking asshole about a lot of stuff. But he might have called out some other people who were also liars. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, everyone's a liar and now just a liar is also still president. Exactly. But it's like it wasn't really a true expression of his beliefs in totality. It wasn't. He wasn't truly presenting himself to be seen. He wasn't truly leading. He was influencing, though, in a major mm-hmm. way. Um and so isn't that a good example? That's a good example. And I think I think any anyone in politics is a great example. Yeah, it's so I mean, hard. It's like, you, they don't want leaders no. though. They don't want real leaders. They just want influencers. They want puppets. You know, people who can and what does influence mean? To move around votes, to be able to influence mm-hmm. the the outcome. Exactly. Right? A leader doesn't always win. That's the mm-hmm. problem. A leader in battle can get killed. Yes. <laughs> and still that's a leader. And influencers want to be like the puppet masters to move things around, but have no stake exactly. in the outcome. Yeah, it's a, I write in my book, I say influencers paint a pretty picture, but leaders pave the way. And paving the way takes a lot more effort, right? You got to go brick by brick and, and knowing that a lot more people effort. may not follow you. People may not like you. People may not like the bricks that you choose. They may not like the path, the direction that you're creating. But that that's not why someone is a leader you're a leader because you are leading something not to influence right and that's why even throughout this whole shit storm of the past two years that we've had shit the storm. shit storm fucking right shit storm. the matrix crumbling all this shit whatever the fuck has been going on like even though I, I my internal paradigm completely shifted and i've really opened up in different ways but my stance was always the same in that they're literally trying to pit us against each other and we need to be able mm-hmm. to be in the middle mm-hmm. so we can continue to have these conscious conversations. But that takes courage and bravery because if it's easier to pick a side. It's easier to pick a side. It's easier to pick a savior. It's easier to pick uh, the winning team. What's tough is to be in that center point of uncertainty and that's where you'll find the leaders. Everyone wants the certainty yes. and then they want to double down on it just so that they can have their their winning team because it's really uncomfortable to say, I don't know how this is going to Exactly. But that's life. You know? Okay. That's, that's life. life. That's life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. And that's, uh, it's a very, it's almost a childish game to pretend like you do know. Even when you, t- when you zoom out and you talk about science, science is built on testing and failing mm-hmm. and, you know, and over a long period of time. Now there's different ways of, obviously using science to our advantage but i think that um that like it, it just it just we have to we have to understand that we're going to make mistakes mm-hmm. and we can't be afraid of that and we can't try to cover up when we do yes. make mistakes even if you you know you look at you look at what happened in china and potentially there was some sort of lab leak there if that's the mm-hmm. case horrible failure of leadership to not only allow that to happen but then to not mm-hmm. own up to it and I, I i was talking about this with another friend i don't think i've seen a politician in my lifetime really say I'm sorry, I made yeah. a mistake. And that really is telling. Yeah. How huh? how refreshing would it be to hear someone be like, you know what, damn, I fucked I would respect up. that. Right, because that brings the human out. Again, the dehumanization. Even with Clinton, <laughs> he can't even admit to a blowjob. And it's just like, a blowjob's not even the worst thing that could happen right. to you. I mean, for his marriage, fine. But like, you know, meanwhile, we have other people doing, other presidents doing way worse stuff than a blowjob. And we don't get any apologies. Nothing. Nada. They won't, you know, there was what, you know, there's all these scandals. No one ever says sorry. No one ever admits anything. The only time they'll admit it is if they're going court 
And then they, the judge tells them, you have to say this and you're guilty and you're going to jail. Otherwise, no accountability, none whatsoever. What? Okay, I want to ask you this question because I always talk to my friends about this and we're always kind of like, it's like annoying us. What about these social media uh, profiles and these big celebrities like like The Rock where everything that he posts, he's like, ah, guys, we just blasted through another record of a million bajillion albums sold. Our shoe is the number one brand. My tequila is the number one brand. The energy drink is the number one brand. Number one movie, still swole, second workout today. And it's just like, you know, on my private jet, didn't have time to sleep, but I'm here for you guys at the press conference. It's like, how are these, how, first of all, and what and why, you know, it's, how is this happening? I mean, first of all, what people forget is that these people have teams of people around them doing everything for them. Okay. Second, like that's part of their job description. (laughs) Like they are literally being paid to do this shit. So keep that in mind. And there is a difference between cultivating an audience and cultivating a community. And that's where people have to get Mm -hmm. clear is, are you here to cultivate an audience? Are you here to cultivate a community? I know I'm here to cultivate community. And I know by knowing you, you're here to cultivate a community. There's a big difference. And so with community, we want to be able to communicate with our community. We want to be able to hear them, to help them feel seen, heard, acknowledged, to be able to serve them. Whereas an audience is just a fucking audience. It's just gathering a bunch of people, as many as you can, into one place. It's like when I used to be a promoter, I would yeah. give out like yeah. free tickets to shows, like just to yes. fill the yeah. room. Like that, that's an audience. But then you have these like, curated yeah, contests yeah. uh concerts that are super intimate and it's like fans only yeah. and that feels different so get you know all, all these people are just in it to cultivate an audience cool right you do you boo and be honest about it right <laughs> just be honest about it uh, well i well I, I think you're right i think the i think community implies that there is a shared uh, mission and or sense of mm-hmm. empathy or shared experience between the people in mm-hmm. the group. You know, if you're in a community, you wouldn't normally, you you, you don't want to hurt someone in, in your community in any way. Mm-hmm. You try not right. to, you know, that's the general implication. Whereas someone in an audience, anything can go down in an mm-hmm. audience. Yeah. Especially at exactly. And you're not really tracking, right? You're not able to track. Especially at a Travis Scott concert. Yes. Not, an audience versus a right. community. Well, but again, look I at mean, how his look at the immediate reaction he had. It was kind of like, oh, not my problem, not my fault, you know. And that there, he he, he yeah. did he backtracked. Yeah, he has since. Yes, he has since backtracked. Yeah. But that's he massaged it right. well. But this is what I'm saying: <laughs> is there's such a big difference, and when you're in this for the longevity, yeah. when you're in this for the yeah. servitude, when you're in this for your purpose. This isn't about an audience. This is about a community. This isn't about how many people you can fill in a room. This is about who you can serve. It's about attracting the people who truly want to be part of this greater thing that you are creating. Well, and and as you're talking about this, you know, for anyone who's listening, this this doesn't need to be in the context of a coaching container. This can be in any type of business that you're running. It can be um, in a service business. It can be when you're selling a product. It can be when you're working inside of a company. You are, because people are ultimately attracted mm-hmm. to you, <laughs> ultimately, um, and and the energy that you bring with you. And oftentimes uh, when you're on social media, just being yourself, truly yourself, it attracts the best type of people because over time they will stick with you because they weren't attracted to something that you 
that you're just portraying. They're attracted to you. Right. And I found that in my experiences going through different iterations of uh, my my internet journey, that the people who really stuck with me have been just core fans of of me when I'm at my silliest, mm-hmm. me when I'm at my you know with the projects that didn't work as well, me with the uh, with the obscure philosophical ramp- ramblings, like. The ones who really tune into you being your freaky mm-hmm. self. And people are too afraid. They want to be too vanilla. You know, everyone wants to be a carbon copy of someone right. else because it seems Well, because they see it working um, for them. They see it working for them. And yeah, so they, well, supposedly right. working. And so they think, like, if I supposedly. mimic this, then, you know, I learned this lesson uh, in both my events and my podcast. So when I was doing my events, um, I, I would have speakers. And I put a lot mm-hmm. of intention into curating the speakers, the people that I, I thought were really great and, and that could help bring in more people because that was just where I was at maturity wise. And what I realized by the third event, but in the third event, I brought in like my soul people. Like I brought in my coach, my husband spoke and one of my dear friends spoke because I realized that my audience doesn't like the people who were buying tickets for the event didn't give a fuck about the speakers, they were coming because of what I was creating for them, yeah. the experience yeah, and the yep. community. And then with my podcast, there was, I think it was year two of my podcast. I actually was airing two episodes a week, which was insane. I don't recommend it. I don't know how people do this. And one episode would be a solo and one episode would be a guest because I had so, Damn. I had such a huge network and I was like, oh, like I totally want to bring all these people on. And I thought, I thought this would help me grow my podcast because I was like, oh, if I bring these big people on, my audience will like this. And no, that was not a good year for my podcasting. And the, my episodes with the most downloads were my solos. And so that's when I realized it's like it, it, what I'm creating, the reason why people come into my community, whether it's social media community, whether it's my coaching programs, whether it's my retreats, the reason they join is because they find alignment within what it is that I'm creating, within my energy, within my containers, within the values that I put forth. And that's what matters. And this is what what it takes to build a community, what it takes to build longevity, what it takes to build loyalty. And people forget all about this. And so that's what we have to remember. And I'm so glad you brought that up because they don't want other people. They don't want you pretending to be something you're not. They want you. That's what they're attracted to. And you know why? It's because there's something in you that helps them see themselves, right? They see themselves in you. Well, first of all, you, you, just, you just fucked up my whole strategy for the podcast because we're doing seven, seven days oh a week. <laughs> Best of luck to you. <laughs> Best of luck to yeah, you, have, sir. Have, have fun with that. But it, but you know what you know what I, I know it sounds crazy and, and if you would have asked me a few years ago I would have said no right. way but this is actually something I've always yeah. wanted to do uh, I've always wanted to have a daily show yeah. and we have you know that's why I'm, I'm you know I recorded I record many back to back so it's not anyway but yeah I was, I was laughing like oh god it'll be the worst year ever for my podcast what is your what is your human design <laughs> Uh, Do you know? Uh, manifester. manifester. Okay. Well, the yeah. projector in me salutes the manifester in you because that is not <laughs> in me at all. <laughs> no. Well, I know. Yeah. It, well, you know, it's the, it's the Tupac yeah. energy, man. You just got to get this yeah. stuff out. But no, I definitely... Well, okay. Uh, a few a few more things I wanted to uh, to touch on as we kind of wrap. You were, t- you were saying... Um, you were talking about the era of the influencer. Mm-hmm. 
How long was that? That that there is over already, and it wasn't even here. Well, that long. this is the thing. I feel like uh, we're on the the trail to the trailing end of it, but it's still a thing. Yeah. You know, people are still getting caught up in it. They're still getting. I still want that blue check. If you took that away, I'd be pissed off. <laughs> I still pissed. don't have a blue check. They just won't give one to me. And 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 you don't, don't care, care, but you would like it. Yeah, it would be great, but I also don't care. It'd be great. Doesn't do anything. Doesn't do shit. It does nothing for you. It, optics Doesn't though. Do shit. Optics, because people look at it and be like, "Oh, yeah. this person I wish is it could... legit. Legit. Define legit. What does that mean?" Yeah, it doesn't. Uh, literally means yeah, nothing. Exactly. It, it's. Uh... But you know, the era of the influencer is slowly dying. I think we we are still seeing it. It's still present because it's still in our psyche, but it's dying because of our you know where we're at and our our genuine desire to connect on a deeper level with with life with people with each other real is relatable and that's the direction that we're heading in what about in the metaverse fuck the metaverse <laughs> fuck the metaverse <laughs> i didn't that's I didn't, the that's gonna be a type that's that's the title i, of the show. I didn't sign up in this life to be in sim city okay <laughs> i didn't sign up to be a sim i didn't i mean maybe i am a sim and someone's controlling you're already me. a exactly. sim you're just an organic exactly. sim but no you didn't want to be a digital sim in an organic sim exactly suit? yes yeah that's a whole nother thing i mean the metaverse is kind of fucked up like and i talk about it a lot and i think it's gonna be interesting but i i don't want to live yeah, there exactly let's talk let's, let's talk I mean, about it, completely it, it, unplugging from life they don't have uh yeah, they don't they don't have empanadas in the metaverse. <laughs> True. You know, you know, just what about the basics? It's like you know you all see things on the Jetsons, like uh, these old cartoon shows of in the future they'll have uh, they'll have you won't have to eat dinner, you just have a right. pill. You'd be like, no, I want to yeah, eat the dinner. I do. I really I do. I don't want one pill to satisfy all my nutritional needs. I want the whole experience yes, of I the meal. I want the grass fed steak, please. Thank you, know? you. I want the grass fed steak, and I want to enjoy every minute of it, and then I want to also feel a little bit bad when it's yeah. gone. You know, I want to cook it. it, and I think that's part of organic. Yes. Life, you know, it's like you want to, you want to have that experience yeah, with it, exactly, and with yourself. There, there was a the time with the thing with you on at gunpoint. Well, maybe that's a separate separate episode. I mean, there's just so much here. Um, I want to be respectful of your time. Where can people learn more about what you're working on? Yeah, just head to my website. That's the best place, rubyframon.com. You can also connect with me on social media. I tend to hang out most on Instagram and Twitter at I am Ruby. And you can also, if you want to start getting weekly texts with me and just text me directly, um, just send a, a hashtag potent truth to one seven eight one three three six zero one six zero, and uh, we can start texting. Super fun. I was looking through our automated text threads, and I have several of them. That are like, yeah, cool, nice. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, trying, I was trying to text you on your iPhone, and you know, you have the the um the uh the right. super phone and i was like oh yeah yeah i have <laughs> i have you under two i have daniel's super phone and then i have daniel yeah so that i know the difference yeah. i was like is it the green yeah. which one yeah, is the it? green or the blue yeah. bubble anyway thank you so much ruby we're gonna put everything in the show notes and we appreciate you so much and what the work you're thank doing thank you thank you so much for having me i truly appreciate you and our time together today
Ah, my friends, I hope that you enjoyed today's episode as much as I enjoyed creating it for you. Like I said, it was quite potent. And if you enjoyed that, make sure you check out everything that Ruby has to offer. Her her links are in our show notes. And make sure that you go to newwaveentrepreneur.com, check out everything that we're working on, as well as subscribing and leaving a comment and a review on whatever platform you love listening to the show. It helps us to boost our profile, and I love you for it. So that's all we got for you today, guys. The water is warm. The tide is rising. So let's jump on in and surf this new wave. Daniel.